Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us. Welcome to Travel Trails. I'm glad that you tune in to today's program. What do you think when you hear the word church? A big fancy building or a small wooden white building somewhere in the middle of country? What does church really mean to you? Bill Jackson talks about the real meaning of church and why it's so important. Let's listen to him right away. There's one area that I haven't spoken very much about in in the Tribal Trails, but has been upon my mind. I encounter it here and there with believers, just like they were in the first century. There were believers who did not follow the teachings, the simple teachings that were necessary to get the Word of God to them. And that is the coming together for Bible study, prayer, worship in song, and hearing God's word and fellowship with other believers. Now I know for some, and I know quite a few, who this is uh, to them a touchy subject. To me, I think it's a good subject and needs to be taught that uh, Christians, uh, no matter where they are along in the Christian pilgrim way, the journey as we call it, that anywhere along there till we depart out of this world, I believe that it is God's will that we assemble together as believers for prayer, for fellowship, for Bible study, for other times, and not just Bible study, but in uh, exhortation, in preaching and teaching, and like in prophecy or Christian way of life and so on. I believe that it's, it's best that and easier if it's done, let's say, together. Anyway, here's a verse in the uh, book of Hebrews, Chapter 10 and verse 25. This is what it says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I quote a lot in that verse. Very interesting. For one thing, uh, whether, okay, negative, if you want to put it that way, no, don't do this, don't do that. Um, it does have that, all right, not forsaking. But the next part says, look, some have this, got into this um, manner or way of life. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to go to a Bible study. I don't have to go to a prayer meeting. And so they're constantly uh, fighting that to the place where I've seen, uh, I've gone to people and talked to them and uh, with 
different things they would say. One was, well, I can worship the Lord at home just as well as any place else. And I say, yeah, six days of the week, fine, you know, do that. And maybe uh, the Lord's Day or Sunday as well. But there's that assembling together, coming together where, where it tests us. And also God can make use of us. It's not just going to church. Here is a building where you go there and that's what the word says we're supposed to do. Um, I don't think in those words. However, it's, a, it's a, a very necessary part of the Christian life. And I've seen this as a pastor for uh, quite a number of years where those who refuse to, to come together with other believers have suffered in their Christian lives. They didn't grow, but all the time they were not growing. They're looking at others and say, well, I, I don't go because I'm just as good as that person or even better. I've said to this one fellow one time, I said, look, uh, uh, maybe you don't go to church for, because there's so many people there that not living for the Lord like the uh, way you'd like to see it. Uh, and I think that's good. But how about coming for the sake of you setting that example with us so we can say, here's a guy comes to church, he lives the life, and maybe that's the place you could be an example. But just staying away and we're not knowing, we don't see you, people don't see you. Um, I think it's best, though, that we come together because this is a proof also of what Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Now, there, there it is. That's, uh, one of the excuses people make is that, uh, well, I wouldn't go there because so-and-so goes there. And I, I don't think he should. He, he doesn't live the way he should. He says he's a Christ, Christian. You've heard that kind of stories, that kind of uh, talk. Well, people, it's not me that's saying this. The word of God says, don't forsake the assembling. Go together with people. Uh, in, I don't think this is just saying church. But the early disciples assembled. And I'm going to turn to that, those verses after. They came together for the purpose of Bible study. They came together for the purpose of having fellowship because they felt they needed that fellowship. If you don't think you need that fellowship, question whether you're really a child of God. Because a child of God loves, should love other children of God. So we have here. Um, not a good commendation, but it says, as the manner of some is. He said, even in the early part of Christendom, or the early part of uh, um, when people became Christians, there was this, that some decided not to assemble with believers. They didn't even have tribal trails at home to watch. As some said, well, I have tribal trails. I said, hey, if you have tribal trails, 
Come on and uh, join us. And maybe sometime if we see that you're really going on for the Lord, we'll have you speak on tribal trails. Give a testimony. But if we never see you, uh, that doesn't work that way. Anyway, I go on here. He said, as the manner of some is. Imagine at that time, when we look at the first century Christians, they seem to be, they had it, you know, they're, they're way up there. They're living for the way, uh, the way they should as an example. But the writer of Hebrews said, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Some are that way, he says. We don't like that to be that way. We'd like you to come and be, add to the fellowship, strengthen the fellowship, and in that way, we help one another. We help each other. Whether we talk in that way or not is beside the point at the moment. But the very fact that we come together to hear God's word together, to discuss God's word together, makes for a strong group. But if, not, if somebody, uh, if a number of people say, well, I don't want to, I'm not going there. Um, I'm not feeling very good. There's, there's excuses for these things, by the way, too. We've heard all kinds, you know. I, well, I don't feel very good. Well, I'm not doubting that. There's times I've, I, I, I've been, you know, sick. I, I remember one time I was, this wasn't church, but I, I had a couple to marry and I was sick in bed. And usually... Weddings are not postponed just because the preacher is sick. So I went and uh, I told the people, well, as soon as I say amen, I'm gone from here. I'm going back to bed. Um, I'm sick. <laughs> anyway, I married the couple and went right back. Now, I do know that there's times I've been sick, uh, not feeling well. And there's times, yes, I've missed church altogether. When I should have been preaching, I'm sick in bed. Now, there's a gauge, a good gauge on this. How do you know you're sick enough to stay home from church? You got to be honest with yourself. And you, you wake up that morning, Sunday morning maybe, or another time, prayer meeting, you're going to prayer meeting, um, and you don't feel very good. Why? Just uh, not very good. And so you ask yourself, now, I'm going to a hockey game or a baseball game, or some other kind of sports that I like. And if I was feeling this way, the way I'm feeling now, would I go to the hockey game, or football game, or some other, other game? And you ask yourself, would I? If I can go to that, which will do me good, I suppose, for a time, shouldn't I go to something that's going to do me good for eternity? Well, that's the gauge. I think you could be honest with yourself and say, well, yeah, maybe I, I would go to a baseball game even if I was feeling like this. Therefore, I'll pick up my Bible and go to the assembling where the believers are gathered together. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain 
cleansed by His blood. Join here to Jesus as He traveled this song. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say, brother and sister, around here. It's because we're a family and these are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in his victory and his family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join here to Jesus as He traveled this all. I'm a part of the family, the family of God. From the door house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join here, sweet Jesus, as He traveled this all. For I'm part of the family, the family of The, the scripture goes on to say here, so much the more, as you say, see the day approaching. What day is that? Well, you know, no matter what people say, no matter how much people talk about the end of the world and all the wars and rumors of wars and everything that's happening and everything else, you see, no matter what, we're getting closer to the time of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the time when he will come for us, to the time when, after that, when he will come and rule the earth, rule for a thousand years. When we're coming to that time period, the Bible tells us, as I, uh, in these series of messages I mentioned about the troublous times or perilous times, and I believe we're approaching or entered into that perilous times era. And I believe that's the more we should 
get together as believers for prayer, Bible study, and worship. Come up for a time of singing, singing for the glory of God. My, it's good when believers sing together, when they know that they believe the same Savior and they're glorifying Him and they're singing as unto Him. It's good. It's good to see people who want to worship God and who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And you can. You should. I think of the other, th- other excuses sometimes that are made by people is that, well, I got busy all week. I'm working. I'm earning a living and so on. I deserve to do what I want to do and uh, so on. Well, maybe you have some truth there. I'm not going to argue with that. But when I think of what's good for me, you know what I mean? What should be good for me? If you haven't experienced that uh, enjoying the fellowship, then you've missed out somewhat. That's the time when we're refreshed, That's the time we have a new determination. That's the time where we can be renewed in spirit. When we assemble together, like for worship, for times of communion, breaking of bread, when we come together, that's a very, very important and refreshing time. It seems like uh, we can work better. We can get at our job a lot better instead of it being monotonous and, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy life more when you know you're God's will, doing God's will, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, there's the other side. I know uh, sometimes Christians get to the place of, carnality, being carnal. That's simply appealing to the flesh or flesh or what is pleasing to the flesh or the mind. To be carnal like more for flesh than spirit, uh, for spiritual. Um, As a believer, you need to be fed in the word of God. And in, even there, you need, while you're being fed, you can carry on that in your daily reading of God's word, in devotions, call it what you like, a time of prayer, a time, a quiet time, whatever, but a time with God. As a believer, we need to be fed. You need the fellowships too. You need the fellowship with God's people. Fellowship is important. We encourage one another. The early disciples did this, and that's where I'd like you to turn to in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is is important. This is what it says there. And they continued steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. 
Those were Christians being led of the Holy Spirit. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. Once in a while, they, they, come, they come together and they said, now we've been hearing this about this. What does the scripture say regarding that? They sometimes go on a review of what they believe. If I was to ask you, what do you believe as a, as a Christian? Name me some important doctrines that you believe as a, belie- as a Christian, a believer. Well, you, I'm sure you could do some. But look here. He says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What did they teach? And they, they would study and stick to that. And uh, when, when you know something, what's real? you be able to tell what's not real. Now, in doctrine, that's true. You study the Word of God and you're convinced in, uh, in the doctrines of the, in this case, the uh, conservative evangelical uh, beliefs, let's say, that you know what you believe. You should know what you believe. And if you don't, hey, this is a good time to go to a fellowship. And if the pastor couldn't teach you these things, pray for him. Tell him, look, I, I'd like to learn what these guys in tribal trails are talking about. And uh, the next one here is fellowship. Just that time with other people. Christian people, that is. Oh, you got time with other people as well. are not Christians, but time with Christian people. Then it says here, in breaking of bread. Don't forget that. I believe that's one of the uh, important part of the Christian's exercises in the Christian life. I put it that way, exercise and doing the Christian life. Breaking of bread. There's a time when it's not you, not others, but you and the Lord. Breaking of bread. Very important. And in prayers. Not just at home but prayers with other people. So it's important that we not forsake the assembling. And it's not just church. It could be house meetings. And I believe that uh, that's important. Uh, But the scripture is saying, don't forsake the assembling. I have a little illustration here that uh, I got from uh, one of these... uh, uh, church bulletins. And I thought, I took it home and I, I, I looked at this. It was kind of uh, amusing to me. I thought, well, that's interesting. The fellow, the pastor who, uh, was, who wrote, or the person who wrote this said, uh, this is the way the church looks when you are not in it. I thought, oh, yeah. Looks, doesn't look complete, doesn't look good. And then he said, however, this is the way the church looks when you are there. It looks complete. It looks better. You can read it. And I thought, well, yeah, that teaches us a lesson. Wonderful. And I just want to say to you, look, Go to a Bible-teaching church. I can say more. 
God bless you. So, do you have a church you could go to, some assembly that you could get together with? If you are not fellowshipping with others, remember, you will be missed. Maybe you can't always get together with Christians, and we know that, especially when you live somewhere remote. At least it's good when you have some encouragement and teaching through Christian programs. But if you live somewhere where you can go to a Bible-believing church and you don't go, you are missing out. And others cannot benefit from you either. Jesus Christ established a church because he knew that we would face many temptations and challenges, and we need each other for accountability, encouragement, and comfort. So you are also needed to be a support to others. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet and think that church is awkward and strange, but feel that you need to change something in your life, call us. Would love to talk to you and pray with you. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you tune in again next time. Forgive me, O Lord, if I have not learned your. I'm still hopelessly trying to live for you every day. But this road that I'm on just keeps getting longer. I'm not so sure that I still belong. And I don't mind saying by my side Forgive me, oh God If it sounds like I'm falling But I knew that you'd listen And that's why I come to you So tell me what have I got That you haven't given What have I said That you haven't spoken What have I done that you have seen before No And when I get lost And I feel like I'm all alone And when I can't seem to find my way back home Looking for something that just isn't there 
I'm out of my way and over my head. Lord, you bring me back to where I need to be. Where I need to be. Lord, you bring me back. Where I need 